Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the That's right, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. As I am beginning to navigate my ability to have a conversation with a friend versus an interview. (laughs) And as I shared last week, I've determined that interviews just aren't my thing. Unless maybe it's somebody that is a massively well-known person that we all know, like, and trust. And to hear their origin stories, that'd be incredible. But uh, I, I thought, you know... I'm mostly a solo hosted format show, and I want to make sure that I maintain my commitment to myself to bring a lot of solo hosted content to the Cliff Ravenscraft show for you. It's the content I most love to create, and I know that many of you, that's the content that you have come to expect and desire from this show. At the same time, I still want to know, is it possible for me to create content that's not an interview with some of my friends. And some of my favorite content over the years has been conversations with my friends, Mark Mason, Ray Edwards, where I'm not here to introduce those guys to you, but just to have a conversation with those guys. And and it, every now and then, it, it does make sense for me to have somebody to co- not, not interview, but also, but actually to co-host an episode of the show with. And today I am bringing somebody from the PM group of the Next Level Mastermind, Jake Lang, onto the show. Jake, how are you, my friend? Hey, Cliff, how are you? I have never been better. It gets better every single day. Now, I have not told you the topic of the conversation that we're going to have today, but I am super excited about something that my wife and my child are doing that I think that you will be able to give some unique insight and perspective on. Hey, I'm excited about it. Excited for the new format. So um, one of the things that Stephanie... Well, okay, so first of all, let me talk about my son. He's 17 years old. He has a very strong desire to create and start his own business. He, of all of my three children, he's the one who's most interested in doing something along the lines of what I've done over the years, which is to go out and create a business doing the work you most love to do. And he has zero interest in going to college. I mean, he's an incredibly intelligent, smart young man. Quite frankly, he takes math courses that would make my head spin and he gets A's in them. He's like AP, you know, whatever all of those math courses are. He could go on and get a a science and technology engineering degree at any college that he wants. But for whatever reason, and not because I'm trying to talk him out of it, that it doesn't seem to be a desire of his. He wants to actually get out of, he, he's currently pushing carts and checking people out at the local grocery store and occasionally bagging groceries at Kroger. And he knows that he doesn't want to do that beyond December because the cold, as they would say in Game of Thrones, winter is coming. And uh, he's like, dad, dad, I worked there during the winter last year. It was cold and I don't want to do that again. And it's not that I'm afraid to work, but I just know from watching you, 
there's gotta be something I could do. And he says, dad, I'm, I want to work in your business. I will work for free. I know that you tried it with Megan and things didn't work out for whatever reasons, but I will tell you, I will work for you for free until you're convinced that I can do this. So Jake, that's, that's what's been going on is, is I have a son who, who has a desire to do his own thing. And I don't want him to literally start my business. I don't, I, I, I want him to find what he would love to do, but he's got to start with something, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what if, what have your been ex- experiences with starting businesses? Cause I know you have a past of this. I do. Yeah. I've started trying to start a couple of niche sites until I finally found one that worked and I uh, got the ball rolling, but I've probably started, I don't even know if you know this, but I've probably started five or six niche sites in my past. A couple of websites, a um, couple of blogs, and then um, Amazon FBA, which I think what we've talked about in the past. I know your son's kind of looking towards that, which I think is a great idea for him. I know Stephanie has talked to me about it, and I've reached out to them and said, no, any help they need, uh, I'm here. Yeah, so um, w- the first thing that comes to my mind is like, man, if if I was 17 years old and wanted to start my own business, it's like if I was serious about it, I would just go grab myself a five-gallon bucket with some window solution and a squeegee and I'd go walking around town and say, can I wash your windows and, and make some money. Right. <laughs> it's like, there's so many opportunities. And, but the, the thing is, is my son is a very technical person. Uh, what I love is that he had a desire to build his own gaming PC. He's a, he's a com- avid computer gamer. He's a, I, he is probably one of the top people in the state of Kentucky when it comes to Dota two. Um, He's got countless hours built into the that game. But anyway, when he wanted to build his own gaming PC, he had no experience. He's always been a Windows iMac guy because he's always had my hand-me-down iMacs. <laughs> and what I love is that when he desired to build his own computer gaming PC, he didn't and he didn't say, "Hey dad, will you help me build this gaming PC?" He says, "Dad, I I'm saving up my money from the work and birthday parties and all this other stuff. All my money that I have, I'm saving up pieces for my own gaming PC." And the thing is, is he has friends that are into gaming who have built their own gaming PCs. And so they helped him uh, with what pieces does he need to order. And he went in and he did research and he he did what I did when I was a teenager. Of course, my dad didn't have the technical wherewithal to teach me how to do it. But instead of asking me and relying on me, he relied on his friends, his resources, and he did his research. And lo and behold... I come into his 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 room one day. And he's like, "Dad, will you help me with this one piece? I'm I'm I want to make sure that this gets done right." And it was wiring up the power uh, block. But he had already set the mother motherboard. He had already set the the RAM. He had already installed the processor. He installed all of this stuff on his own. I just helped him wire the uh, the the. Uh, power adapter to the system and and he was a he's got a windows gaming pc i think probably one of the main reasons he didn't come to me to uh to do this was because he knows how much i hate windows it's like listen i don't want anything (laughs) to do with windows because but dad i want a windows gaming machine so so knowing that he has this technical proclivity he's great with math he's great with science he's great with technology and and he uh, quite frankly, I think has the ability to pick it up much in the same ways that I did, maybe even better. And it's like, why not? 
allow him to start an online business. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it sounds like he's got all the technical knowledge there and there's so many resources out there. If he's a go-getter, which it sounds like he is, I mean, he's going to have no problem. Just go out, do the research and that's, that's what we did. That's where we started. Yeah, yeah. Do you know this about me? Did you know that... Um, I don't think I've ever shared this before in this podcast or any other podcast. But years ago, do you remember when eBay first started? Oh, yeah. Like, this is way, way back in the day. And when eBay first started, I was just, I was halfway through my my career as an insurance agency agent. So I was maybe in, in it for five or six years. And it was dial-up modem. You know, we were dialing in. <laughs> yeah. And eBay was brand new. And they had, I was selling some of my, get this, Sega Dreamcast games. <laughs> so Long time ago. Yes. So I, I had some Sega Dreamcast and I had some old VHS tapes that I wanted to sell. And so I was listing those and people were buying them. This mm. was incredible. And I would get on there and I would search through, I mean, I would spend hours searching all the categories of things you could buy on eBay. And I found this one guy who says how to, it was a, it was a how to make, it was an informational product, how to make a career on eBay. And it was this, basically what you were buying is an HTML document, which is nothing more than text that gives you basically an ebook in HTML format of how to, you know, the step-by-step process of building your own business on eBay, where he talks about software that will allow you to manage several different um, listings at the same time. So you don't have to manually go in and check and see how things are going. Um, He also gave you two products that you could sell instantly for free. One of them was uh, a list of fan clubs where you could send off an email a self-addressed stamped envelope and get returned autographs which you could then sell those autographed photos or memorabilia on eBay. The other one was a list of wholesalers that you could buy products at wholesale and resell on Amazon or on mm. e- eBay. Amazon I don't think was in existence yet. And it was like $49. And I'm like, how could I pass this out? It's 40. I know I probably am just throwing $49 away, but what if I, what if I did this? And so I, I did, I purchased this eBay, you know, how to make a career on eBay kit for $49. And it came on a CD-ROM, a burned CD-ROM. And I, I downloaded it. I, I read all the stuff. I downloaded the free software. I, I And then I took and I uploaded he said, you can actually sell this list of fan club sites. You can sell this item here. There are no limits, no restrictions, no copyright. This is yours. All of this is yours with no restrictions. And so I actually put up this, hey, here's how to get an, here's how to get an autograph from anybody you want to get an autograph from. I listed that as an informational product. And I sold it. I made a profit. <laughs> And I also did the, here's how you can make, here, here, you can sell things on, on eBay. Here's a list of, I'm going to give you a database of wholesalers. And I sold that database as a product. And before I knew it, I had made multiple X return on my $50 investment. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, wait a second. I could do this and I could make a little bit of profit here and there. 
But where's the real money? The real money is actually teaching, is actually selling the $50 CD-ROM, which only costs $1.50. Yeah. And I'm like, so I actually created something called the eBay Career Kit. So his was how to make a career on eBay. Well, I actually created an eBay, it was actually, the brand was eBay Career Kit. And it was exactly the same thing. I rewrote the document in my own language. I used different software than he was using because I, quite frankly, I found better software to manage multiple uh, multiple listings. And I actually, there was no restrictions on the thing. So I actually gave away the product that he gave away to me, which was, he got from somewhere else anyway. <laughs> and so I packaged this, created my own sales copy, my own listing, and I was selling 20 to 50 CD-ROMs at $50 a piece every single week. That's pretty good. This is the- Not bad for a first business. That, and the thing is, is I'm like, man, I wonder if I could do this. I wonder if I could leave my day job as doing this. Because I, I mean, it was, quite frankly, I was making as much money on the side a couple hours a week as I was in my career as an insurance agent. Yeah, then you're hooked. That's how it starts. You get that first sale and then you can't leave. Yep. Now, the thing is, though, is this is the, this is the early days of the internet, all right? This is, this is before anybody's, this is before even the first dot-com bust, all right? So, the, the, we were in the dot-com boom, the first one, and nobody's busted yet. But the reality is, it's like, th- this, th- this internet business, this online business, there's no track record here, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I got to the place where I said, you know what, this is, per, this is actually a distraction from me, for me, this idea of pursuing and make, cause here's the, what if eBay shuts down and if eBay shuts down, right. all of my income is gone. What do I do then? This is probably just a fad. This is probably just a fluke. This doesn't seem responsible and it's a distraction from what I should be overdoing here. And so eventually I shut, I shut that down. By the way, I still have an account on eBay. And I still have, when I log into ebay.com, because I use the same account to go buy stuff, my, my all of those ratings and re- reviews, you know, the rankings, yeah. I still have all of those. And I still have all of those written reviews of people who wrote reviews about how awesome my eBay. There are people today who are eBay top sellers. These are people making hundreds of thousands and more per year as a career as a result of my $50 CD-ROM that I sold them. Wow, the early days of Cliff Ravenscraft. Yes. How, how uh, early was that? How soon before podcast, podcast Answer Man? Oh, it, it, was, it was at least eight to 10 years before Podcast Answer Man. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. So the, the thing is, is there was, there was just no way that I could have seen myself pursuing this. So I, I shut it all down and, and just went on to focus on my insurance career. Because I, I felt like that was the responsible thing to do. But the thing is, is that I, I was like, why have I not taught my son how to do this? And that's what we're kind of investigating, this kind of wholesale and retail arbitrage. Mm-hmm. I love the idea. I think it's a great idea. So what was, what was your first niche stuff? I mean, you, you've had some businesses. What are some of the things that you've pursued online? Yeah. So Be- Before you get into the one that's really taken off that you're doing today. I think the first one I ever started, which turned out to be a terrible idea, was selling um, mailing addresses online. I, through college, had this resource where I could look up anybody's address, and I think I get their name and their address. 
and I was trying to sell direct mail leads to people that did direct mail advertising. That was the first website that I ever set up. Um, before I realized that you had to do some market research before just starting a business. And it turns out that there was a million free resources that people could already get these addresses from. And it turns out that no small businesses in my area had any interest in direct mail advertising because at this point it was all email marketing. Um, so I mean, I didn't spend too much time on it. Didn't waste too much money on it. It's probably $20 per domain to start the website. And then turned out, you know, I did not do my market research that did not work. So that one was shut down uh, probably after a couple of months of trying. So a couple months, you, how much money do you think you spent total overall to try to get that one off? Oh, on that website, it was, it was probably $20 total. I think it was just the domain. And then it was contacting people and being, I have this resource. You know, are you interested in talking to people? And after talking to enough people and enough small businesses, it's like, you know, there's really not a market for this. So I got a question. For, did you ever make even one sale? No sales. Okay. Not a single dollar. All right, cool. But and the thing is, is, some people would say, well, this is a failure. I should just give up this idea of online business and go back to my day job. That's what most people do. But I happen to know that that's not the rest of the story. So, so what'd you do next? No, that was actually a pretty great learning experience. I learned a ton from that and learned, you know, first of all, do the market research, talk to people before you try and sell a product, do some validation. You talk about it all the time. Uh, so after that, what I tried was um, online clothing retail. It was supposed to be some type of drop ship website. Um, I wouldn't hold any inventory, but it would be um, made to measure clothing. So instead of going to a tailor, you go online, you type in your size, you get your uh, clothing tailored online, delivered right to you. And this was before all those other websites started popping up. I know there's a bunch of the box subscriptions now, and a lot of companies are doing this now where you can just go type in your size online. They have a really easy way to do it online and you get your made to measure clothing in the mail. So this is before all that. And hey, you got that? <laughs> it's so funny. I actually have on my phone M Taylor, yeah, which, there you go, yeah. which I have not signed up for yet, but it, for whatever reason, I have downloaded this app and um, I, I guess I'm, I'm getting ready to start getting serious. I mean, obviously I, I had, I had the wrong shape before and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm getting closer to the shape that God created me to have. And so, <laughs> so now that now, now I'm ready to start showing that shape off. And, and so I've been thinking about starting to get tailored clothes and it, it's ready so, for that nice tailored I, fit. I'm ready for the tailored fit. And so it's so funny that, so you tried that. I tried that. And this was, yeah, I remember seeing a couple of years later, I think that that same website was everywhere. And I was like, wow, that's exactly what I was trying to do. Um, but again, I did not realize how difficult it was. And I knew nothing about the tailor industry. I knew nothing about tailoring clothes or really clothing in general. I don't really even have a good style. I'm not a stylish guy. So um, I, once again, should have done a little bit more research before I started that. So I started a website, contacted a bunch of retailers had it set up where people could order if they wanted to, but I just never got it going. And that was again, a couple of months and I was like, wow, I know nothing about this industry. People are asking me these questions. I have no clue how to answer them. Um, so that one I, I took down as well after a couple of months and same thing, I probably spent another $40, $50 on that one to get a domain, do a little bit of marketing, market research. And I was like, Nope, this is not for me. Well, let me ask you this. So you spent $40 and, and a couple months on this one. The question I have for you is, what if somebody would have responded to your marketing and they would have purchased? How would you have sourced it and how would you have made money? Um, So I was going through, I think at this time, it was uh, either Alibaba or AliExpress. So a manufacturer that I had a relationship with and I believe they were based in China and I had worked with them enough where they, I remember I'd talked with them enough and had a couple of Skype calls with them where we kind of laid out the groundwork where... um, 
Uh, I essentially just needed to send them the sizing, send them this person's address, and they would do all the tailoring and send it to them. It would it would take a little while. It was probably a 30-day lead time to tailor the clothes, send it, um, and actually deliver it across the ocean to you know my market in the United States. Um, so I had that relationship. If I got a sale, it was all set up to go. Um, but it was just a little too complex for me. And even the... Um, manufacturer that I was working with, they were asking me these crazy questions that I knew nothing about, all these different styles of clothing and things that I clearly should have known before I tried to get into the industry. Um, but once again, second website, I just was not thinking and did not do enough research before getting started. So I'm thinking about if I were if I were trying to build that business. So for example, like the whole eBay career kit, it, I w- personally, I wouldn't have thought to sell this thing unless I was actually, a, I, you know, the, it's like, not only am I the president of the hair club for men, I'm also a member, you know? So it's like, I think about the fact that I, when I sold the eBay career kit, it's because, well, I had already been the customer of a, how to create a career on eBay. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I'm, I'm curious how many tailored pieces of clothing had you purchased prior to trying to get into that niche? One. One suit that I purchased at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and did you do it for the purpose of getting into that niche, or were you, or or what happened there? How did you first come around the idea of getting a tailored suit? Uh, for the tailored suit, I just needed it because I was in college and and needed um needed it for my job. But the reason I had this idea was because um, I, I'm taller and I have really long arms. So whenever I go to the store to buy a dress shirt off the shelf. Yeah. I can never find a dress shirt that fits my waist and my arms. So I really wanted something that was like, you know, I don't want to go to the tailor, buy this expensive shirt, go get a tailored and do all that stuff in person. I just want to go online, click, click a couple buttons, send it to me. Um, so that's what I, that's the idea I was going behind my, you know, my own need. Um, but, you know, definitely needed more research before getting that started. So, so you decided to, to do, stop that one. What, what was next? Uh, next is my website that I'm primarily focused on now. And that's uh, a website because I work, um, I got a job out of college in the insurance industry. I'm a product analyst. So uh, um, essentially, I just uh, analyze insurance products and launch new insurance products in the United States. And while I was at this company, when I first started, um, I was pursuing the designation called the CPCU, which is the Charter Property Casualty Underwriter designation. It's a real mouthful. Uh, but it's a premier designation in the insurance industry. And I was taking those exams. There's um, eight exams to get your designation. Um, I was going through with uh, a lot of the new hires that I started with, and we were all studying together. And we all were saying how awful the study material was. It was really boring, really dry, and it did not prepare you for the exams. Um, so I was already in this you know, mindset of I wanted an online business. I wanted to get something started. And I thought, man, I could write this study material better. Uh, so that's what I did. I started writing and selling online courses for these CPCU exams. And so that's what I'm doing now. And that site took off because it was actually something that, you know, um, I, I validated before. This time I actually, you know, talked to people and sold the course before I actually wrote the course. Um, I had a lot more experience this time. And after failing twice, I kind of knew what I was doing. So I got the website up right away. I knew how to use WordPress. I knew how to get my course written. I knew a lot about the insurance industry. I knew what was wrong with the other study material. So I could just write a course and get it out there, publish it. And it was something that people wanted. So after I got that first sale there, you know, it, it took off and I started going with it. And I've been running with it for the past couple of years. I love that. Uh, real quickly. So before you got your first sale, how much money do you think you would have invested in this CPU uh, self-study course? 
Um, so how much did I invest in the website before? Yeah, it's like to get the business up and running. How much money before you made your first sale? Oh, not much at all. It was WordPress website domain. I, I probably paid, I think, $60 for the theme where I could sell courses directly on my website with somebody can log in and, and access the course. So it was probably, I don't know, $60 to $100 uh, just for domain website. And then I would just write in the course myself. And how much of your course did you have before you sold your first one? Or did you did you write it first and then sell? Or did you sell and then write? Um, so kind of both. So I, I guess I started writing the first couple of chapters. And I was like, you know, I, I um, had started an email list before that. So I was writing resources and blogs and just getting, building some traffic to my site. I had a free download. People could download the practice exam. So I was getting people to my site that way on my email list. And I'd started writing just a couple of chapters of a course and I was releasing them and saying, Hey, this is coming soon. I'm going to write the full course. If you want it, you can buy it now. And I got a couple of sales there. Great. And that validated the idea it was a couple hundred dollars right there. I was like, all right, I'm writing the whole course. And then I started, kept writing them from there. Nice. I love it. And today, um, that, that right there is a business that is putting you on a, on a path towards full-time self-employment, right? It is. Yeah. That's my money driver right now. That's the one that's not going to get me out of the day job, out of the insurance industry to work in the insurance industry on my website. There you go. I love it. So, uh, now the thing is, is I happen to know your, your story as well. You, you also had some other things that you were doing right around the same time you were launching this. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So what, what, are, what are some of the other failed attempts? Uh, so the other failed attempt, the big one that I came to the Next Level Mastermind group with, and I think it was my first hot seat that I brought and we shut it down right away, was um, an Amazon FBA product. And, uh, and my issue is uh, I started this one after my CPC website. So I already had a successful business going that needed to be scaled. But I get bored so easily. So I moved on to another business and I was trying to manage two at once. So I started an uh, Amazon FBA product where I was selling, um, uh, I forget if I showed you or not, but have you ever seen those inflatable tubes, like big inflatable couches? Um, you hold them, you hold the mouth open, and you run with it and it inflates with air. You roll it up and it's kind of like a big inflatable couch. Yeah. Have you ever seen those? So, uh, so that was the product that I went with. So um, I, I learned a lot about the Amazon FBA process and uh, I learned everything I needed to do to get them manufactured and sold online. It was just a hot product at the time. And um, I, I did a lot of research. There's, there's this uh, research you can do on Amazon. It's kind of like SEO for Amazon. You're, you're looking at search volume and sales volume and ranking volume. And I saw a little niche area there where it could kind of get in. And if I manufactured it a little bit better than everybody else, better quality, better size, better materials, I could probably find a little niche on Amazon. Um, so that's what I went for. That was my, my product. But uh it just didn't work out. It was, um, there was a lot going on at the time. And, um, what didn't work out? Like what, what had you, what had you tried that hadn't worked out? Um, so I, I tried getting it in right away before the Christmas season. Um, it takes a while to get it manufactured. You got to manufacture it. So I manufactured overseas. Once again, I worked with a um, supplier in China, um, got my specifications. We talked about what materials I wanted and got it all set up. And then I had to ship it to me. That takes a couple of weeks to get it. Um, just a, a sample product where I could test it and make sure everything's okay. Just how I wanted it. Uh, then did you, did you do all that? I did all that. Yeah. So yeah, you had so a good. sample product and you did all the things and how, let me just say before you shut it all down, how much money had you invested? Because there's not just the website, but all this product research and stuff. Uh, this one's probably a couple thousand dollars that I invested because of inventory. So a couple thousand, is that like 2000? Is it 
like ten, fifteen thousand. I I just I, I want to say it was six thousand total. All right, so about six thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Now, would would you say that is it safe to say that that six thousand dollars came from the money that you were able to spend as a result of the CPCU online course business that was profitable? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The other website was completely funding this um, Amazon product. Otherwise, I would not have done it and taken the risk. I, it was just something that I wanted another business. I had the money to, to start it and start another niche. And so, you were uh, bored and you wanted to... I was bored. <laughs> you were bored. Let's start another business. Yeah, why not? Just awesome. take all my time. So, so you're six grand in. Things didn't, get, you didn't, things didn't go as well as planned, but you did actually have a product. Did you ever put it on sale and, and see if... Oh, yeah. So, so how long was this this product available on sale on Amazon? And did you ever sell any? Oh, yeah. I sold 500 units, actually. I uh, sold my entire inventory. Um, the problem was the profit margin wasn't there. Okay. So how much did you make any profit at all? Uh, in the end, I did not because I ended up selling the final units um, really on sale. I think I was selling them 50% off just to get them out of there and just to recoup some of my investment. Um, so it, at the end of the day, business was not profitable. But at one time during the Christmas months around the holiday season, uh, it was profitable for about a, a two month period of time. And this is something that maybe if you decided to focus a lot more time, effort and energy, and you didn't decide to get out of it, is it something that if it was a sole focus of yours do you, for, for a little bit longer and could have been, um, do you think that you could have turned that product into a profitable venture for you? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I do plan, we've talked about this in the future. I'd love to go back to Amazon, get a product going after I um, get my other website up to speed and and fully scale that one. I, I'm definitely going back to Amazon, doing another FBA product. I would not go with the same product. It's, um, I don't know, I, I guess I learned a lot about this particular product because it's a little finicky. I mean, they rip easily. It's, um, it's tough for people to inflate. So I would definitely go with a much more simple product. I mean, you th- see things on Amazon like bookshelves and CD cases, things like that, that are just sell like crazy. Yeah, uh, I would go with something much more simple. I think that's a big thing that I would actually recommend to your son is you know keep it simple, especially if you're a first product. Don't spend too much money and don't look at it as something uh, too complex because all about the reviews on Amazon. A couple of them break, you get a couple of bad reviews. That really hurts. Yeah. Well, I think for my son. Um, one of the things that we're going to try is not necessarily creating a product that doesn't exist, but one that already exists that we can, you know, he can use and just basically become a, a an additional option for the sale of that item. Mm-hmm. So, so more along the lines of uh, e- either buying a product at wholesale from China and and then selling it online where maybe there are three or four other retailers that sell it. But I know that with Amazon FBA, you can actually be put on, you know, depending on what your price is compared to the other ones and all the other stuff, there's, there's ways that you get put into rotation. So when somebody searches that, when they land on that product page, it, what Amazon will do is rotate between the top sellers for that product. And, and at random, you will be one of the search results. You're, buying it through you will be the search result that people get when they actually land on that product page. And so, for example, I I could become an official salesperson for Heil PR40s, for example. Mm -hmm. There are probably 10 different sellers on Amazon, I've learned. And 
as long as those other people meet a certain criteria and the pricing's about the same, then there then there's ways to figure out how often I would show up as the landing page. Like, like when people click the buy now button, that sale actually goes through me a certain number of times. Mm-hmm. So so I was thinking about something more along that line. I, I think that's that's more of the the direction that he'll go. And but I can think, you know, the idea is to create some kind of crazy product that doesn't exist that fits a need. Like, for example, it's crazy to me, and, and I probably shouldn't say this, but man, if, if I was going to create a product, I would create the ultimate dry erase eraser, <laughs> that like dry erase board eraser. Because have, have you seen what's out there for dry erase boards? No, but it's, I mean, they're terrible. Them, yeah, are they? They're terrible. And I'm just thinking, it's like the best thing—the best thing that is that exists out there—is a dry one of those. Um, what do you call those microfiber towels? Yeah, yeah. You know, a microfiber towel. And I'm thinking, it's like I might create a dry erase eraser that is that has the handle of an eraser, but where it's not just this little piece of foam or whatever. The, I don't even know what they call that. But mm-hmm. what basically the the eraser is a handheld but bundled up bunch of microfiber cloth that that you erase the board with that you can and here's the thing that you can go and uh, wash in hot water and then throw it in the cycle of your dryer and boom it's back to brand new again I, I just I don't know I, I, I was thinking about million dollar it. idea I like it yeah we just like, gave it away now everybody's gonna do I it I know everybody's gonna go do it it's, <laughs> It's like I'm going to be on Shark Tank. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know. The um the other thing that I've got in my mind is uh, I I'm not a huge personal fan of Gary Vaynerchuk Vaynerchuk's content. I don't know why. I love I, I know Gary personally, and and gosh, I'm I celebrate his success. I think it's just the way that he communicates. Um, I, I you know it's weird. I'm totally okay with how much. Tony Robbins curses, mm-hmm. but but for whatever reason, the 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 amount of language in Gary's content it it for it just rubs me the wrong way some for some other reason, and I'm not easily offended. But anyway, I don't watch a ton of Gary's content just because of the language he consistently uses, and I, you know I think that there's more. I think the fact that he's all hard work, hustle, 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 hustle all the time, and. Uh, that that's not how I think about life and business. I I'm, I think that you can actually have more margin, margin, margin in life and still be extremely financially successful. But I think there's a, probably a couple of reasons. But I say all of that to say this, Jake, is that have you seen, do you, do you watch any Gary Vaynerchuk stuff? Uh, not too often. I, I've seen him, but not too much. Well, I, I followed him over the years, all the way back to the line, wine library days. And Obviously, he's got his Vayner Media that's very successful, uh, seemingly on the from what I can tell, very successful. He's definitely he definitely knows how to get people's attention through social and and media creation. His, I think he's there's no doubt in my mind that he's extremely successful as a media empire that that I consider Gary to have built a very successful media empire. And one of the things that he's talked about over the years is he's like, listen, young people, if you want to succeed, why don't you just go out and just understand the basics of business? Go buy something at a lower cost and turn around and sell it at a higher cost. That's the, just do that. that mm-hmm. And if you've got time on your hands, then 
why don't you go to a couple garage sales and buy people's stuff, the junk they're throwing out, and do go on to eBay and sell it. And so one thing that I, I mean, we've already been talking about this Amazon FBA for Matthew, and, and Stephanie and Matthew are going to be work, researching this and working it together. But I just came across the fact that Gary started a brand new series on his YouTube channel called Trash Talk. <laughs> And it's three episodes so far that are online of Trash Talk. And it's literally Gary's like, okay, I'm going to prove to you that this is possible, that you can actually make a couple thousand dollars a month doing nothing other than going to yard sales and selling what you bought on eBay. And mm-hmm. so he literally has D-Rock, his video crew, go and, and he's, going to, he's going to all day community-wide yard sales and he's buying Thomas the Train engines uh, video games that are used and um, matchbox cars and plush toys and all these things. And and the thing is, is what you, you have to go in and you have to do a little bit of research and know what is a, what's usually out there and what has a good return on investment. So, for example, hot car, hot wheels are a great commodity. And so he bought like an entire box of hot cars for like two dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Or and 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 then there's like each individual car, he's he's showing you at the he he'll drive down the road and he goes, let me just show you here. So here, let's go see if we can find this matchbox. This matchbox, it's not in great condition, but let's go look it up. And so he looks up the description of that exact item on the eBay app, and on the eBay app, you're you have the ability to actually see what this item, exact item, has sold for previously. Like within the last couple of days, you can see, hey, this thing's selling for $13, $15, $17, $14, $13, He's like, listen, I just bought this entire box for $2. This one car right now, based upon the track record of the last seven to 30 days, this, this one car out of this box of $2 that I've spent will sell easily every day for a minimum of 12 bucks. So we're gonna list that for $12 and and it's going to go. And so mm-hmm. and but the thing is is let's look how many other cars are in here. And so when you when you do the math, you see that wow, you you're making s- some significant profit here. And and of course some things are duds and not, you know, whatever. But the question is is can you make can you take let's just say you go you spend an entire day on a Saturday and in like an 8-hour day and you spend $150 total on all these different things that you've bought throughout the day. And then you spend the next week listing all that stuff on eBay. And yes, there's time to list it. There's time to do the research of the pricing. You got to all of those other things. But when it's all said and done at the end of that week, when all of those have been sold and you've shipped it off total profit on your $150 investment plus the, now we got to think about our time, but still the $150 You've just made $750. Not bad. Not bad. And you know what some people say? They say, well, gosh, you're, you're spending all day there, and then you're spending all day on the computer listing things. You have, to make, you have to go get boxes. You have to write out shipping labels. You have to take it to the post office. Wah, 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 wah. It's like, okay. Or, I don't know, you could sit in your 40-hour-a-week job that you absolutely despise <laughs> And walk away with, you know what, $500 a week? Yeah. 
And, and it's like, it's, it's, so what are you doing with your time? And, and so I'm, I, I know that my son and my wife are going to definitely be looking into Amazon FBA. And, but I'm also going to, I've asked my son and he's going to do it today. He's going to watch all three episodes of Trash Talk. Mm-hmm. And I think before we get into the bigger concepts of buying something from China or do, going to Walmart and looking at close at deals where you can buy 20 of this product at, at a, like $2 a piece and then mm-hmm. selling it on eBay or on Amazon FBA. Before we go there, let's see if we can't help him understand this. Let's go out and go to a thrift store or let's go to a, a community-wide yard sale and just get the basic understanding yeah. of, of some of this, this, yeah, buying and selling. I think it's a great idea. Keep it simple at first and, yeah, just get used to selling online, get a little profit, and that'll get them hooked. Yeah. So anyway. <sighs> anyway, Jake, so what else is going on in your so, – so I want to jump back to your story for just a moment. So you had this Amazon product, which we admit that could you could have taken to the next level, and you could have created yeah. some other products and and stuff like that. But you said you 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 came to the next level mastermind with how do I actually you know scale this up? But you also came to the next level mastermind where how can I create more businesses? Because that's what you wanted. You wanted to diversify. You want to be this classic entrepreneur who owns lots of businesses. Of course. So you want to you want to you want to you want to make this. Amazon business pro- more profitable. You want to mm-hmm. spin up additional businesses that don't yet exist, but you have lots of ideas for. But you yeah. also want to scale this CPCU course business. Yeah. So why is it that right now the only thing you got going for you is the day job and the CPCU business? What made that decision? Why did you make that decision? Well, the mastermind group helped me make that decision. And it was kind of an obvious one once I started talking about it and once I started hearing the feedback is... Why am I wasting all this time on, or not wasting time, but why am I uh, diversifying my time so much, spreading myself so thin on you know three or four different businesses at a time when I have one incredibly profitable business that is not complete yet and still have to write maybe four or five more courses. I'm selling seven right now, but I have an additional four or five that I could do. I have a, a, a email follow-up series that I need to finish. I have new sales pages to write, all this stuff that I need to do. And yeah, by the I'm way, just... you are looking to get engaged and you have a day job. <laughs> yes. And so you have yeah. a life outside of the day job and this business that still needs so much work to, to scale. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly, I have a life and uh, life and businesses. So there's a lot of no, not enough time in the day. Now, the interesting thing is I, I, I want to know <laughs> because because I think it's important. The mastermind group didn't tell you what to do. We didn't. Right. We, we, nobody in the mastermind group said, I think you really need to shut down all of these other things. Mm-hmm. We just asked questions that gave you, what is it? it? It is a blinding case of the obvious. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's important to know. Yeah, nobody ever said, shut it down. Nobody ever told me to stop. It's just like, you know, ask the questions. And I came to my own conclusion very, very quickly that I'm just wasting my time for something that's not profitable, that could be profitable in the future, but I would have to order more inventory, put in more time, focus my effort there when I already have something that's almost at the point where I can quit my day job. And if I just focus a little bit more on that, I can quit my day job and then I can do whatever I want. Yeah. So, and what I love is that you've taken some drastic steps. You finished some rewriting of courses. You've actually started the uh, optimizing those sales pages, mm-hmm. uh, recently looked at uh, increasing some pricing and tracking some results there. And, 
And quite frankly, I think you're, you're much closer today than leaving the day job than you could have ever dreamed of before. Way closer. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So the thing is, is you, you, I do know that you are pretty close to maxing out what it is that you're looking to do with the CPCU side of the business, which is extremely profitable, which will probably allow you to leave the day job within a specified period of time. We're not going to communicate that publicly here unless you Mm -hmm. want to. Um, but, but the thing is you have an idea if you're in your mind when you'll be able to leave the day job. The interesting thing is once you've done all of that and this one business alone has not only allowed you to leave the day job, but now all of a sudden you're going to free up 40 hours a week, every single week, which are actually more productive hours than the hours you're currently putting towards this business that allowed you to leave that. Mm -hmm. That's going to be nice. I can't wait for that. And that business is actually going to be pretty much on maintenance, uh, not not necessarily on autopilot, but there yeah. there'll, there'll be things to maintain. But quite frankly, once you get all the courses that you expect to write, and it's it's generating the significant income, and you let's just say you've left the day job, what, let's just say a year from now. How many hours per week do you think it'll, it will take you to maintain the CPCU side of the business, that online course creation business? Oh, barely any, maybe two to three hours a, a week if I wanted to. And that's just mostly answering emails and helping people pass their exams. People come to me with questions about the course and like, you know, understanding a topic and I'll help them with that. But if I wasn't doing that, it would be almost no time at all. Right. And and even some of that can even be automated into like a weekly group coaching call or like an office hours. Some of that could be trained to some other people to handle some of those more technical questions. And absolutely. So so the reality is is even with as much as you want to do, maybe two to three hours per week. Mm-hmm. And again, you're you're already making more money doing that than you were making in your day job, which has allowed yeah. you to leave your day job. So now all of a sudden it's like what do you do with the rest of your time? So let's say your dreams come true, which I know that they will. What what are you going to do next? Oh, you know, I get bored easily. So I'm probably going to start another business. Uh, and we've talked about this. Something I've always wanted to do is um, start teaching people about starting online businesses because I love it so much. I've started so many different niche sites that uh, my next passion project, what I really wanted to do is... Uh, Start by first teaching people about this niche that I found to be so successful, which is selling exam prep material and study material. And you can just find a designation. Even if you have a day job, find out what the big designation is in your day job. Rewrite, write a couple of practice exam, write study guides, something easy like that. It could just be a PDF or a course. And um, figure out how to start that site and get your first niche site. And then you can do whatever niche you want. So that's kind of the next project that I've been thinking of. And we've been talking about that a lot in the Mastermind. We have. And the interesting thing is that this is a proven track record because, I mean, you've obviously done it, right? The question yes. is, is if, if Jake can do it, can anybody else do this? And we know Pat Flynn and his story is how he started with the Green Exam Academy. Right. So that was a designation or a, a course that was required to be able to to have the, was it a lead something? Yeah, I think it was green lead exam. Yeah. So so that's how Pat Flynn got his started with an online course prep mm-hmm. sort of deal. You've been able to do this. And there are so, I mean, there are so many professions that require certain continuing ed or uh, designations or other professional credentials that they they need to pass a test. 
mm-hmm. and creating. The, I mean, it, this seems to be a proven niche, and quite frankly, there is a lot of professional designations that are not covered in this space. All that's available right. are the pictorial company. Company has their boring preparation book and materials, which is the same thing you and your fellow students were complaining about how terrible these course pre- materials are. Mm-hmm. And and all you have to do is innovate on that and create an online thing. So I love that you're looking to help other people learn how to build one of these course preparation online businesses. Mm-hmm. I think it's such an easy niche too. And whenever people are looking for that first niche, that first site, I always tell them, look at, you know, a designation that you could pursue, your work will pay for it. And then you can just take that, write your own set of material, sell your own set of material. And it's just something to get started with that online business. I mean, don't do what I did and fail a couple of times and take forever to get it going. Just find one easy niche and and get started, get that first sale. And the the thing that I know about your story is, and this is what I love about this. So first of all, anybody who's listening to our voice, if you are in a professional industry where there are designations that you, you would actually make more money if you actually had that designation, or if there was a course that you need to pass to be able to do the occupation you do, and you realize that, dude, I could totally improve on people's ability to pass that exam if they, if I was to teach them through materials that I created versus what I studied when I went through that. If you're thinking about that, I would encourage you to consider connecting with uh, Jake here because he has experienced some struggles along the way. <laughs> Plenty of so, struggles. So I love that you and I talked about earlier, you know, you, you spent, you know, 200 bucks here, maybe four or 500 bucks here. You maybe even spent $6,000 on, <laughs> on, on this Amazon FBA. I'm going to ask you, and I will edit this out if you don't want to answer this. So nobody will know that I asked you this question, but I imagine you'll say, how much money have you paid towards legal fees as Ooh. a result of running into issues? That's a lot of money. I want to say, we just talked about this on the last hot seat and I calculated, I want to say it's up to twenty or $25,000 in legal fees over this past year. So it, tell, tell us real quickly what happened. I, I mean, wh- why legal fees? I, I mean, because a lot of people think, well, what, what, I mean, what, what kind of legal op- things were happening for you that you needed to pay <laughs> legal fees at $25,000? <laughs> yeah, I'm not some mastermind criminal or anything. Um, it was just that my website, um, the term CPCU is a trademark term. I am, of course, not the official uh, creator of the designation. I don't issue the official designation. So I ran into an issue where my website, um, I received a cease and desist letter about that was last October. That was about two months before I joined the Next Level Mastermind. One of the reasons I came to the Next Level Mastermind. Um, but I received a cease and desist letter for two reasons. One was I did not properly trademark the term all over my website. I had an agreement with this other company that owned the trademark that uh, that I could use the term and I followed their instructions, uh, but I only did that on, on one page where they told me to do it. Uh, they came back with a cease and desist and said, no, you actually had to do that everywhere. Um, of course, I, I don't know the law that well, as you can tell. Um, I really should have thought about that beforehand. But uh, they came back with a cease and desist and said, no, because you didn't do this, you need to shut down. And number two, uh, one of the big things was um, my course followed the structure of their courses too similarly. Uh, we're teaching the same content, same information. 
Um, but you know, if their course was structured ABC, mine was also structured ABC. It was a little too close in that way. It, it wasn't copyright, but they called it copyright infringement. Ended up being a very weak claim. Um, so that one got dropped pretty quickly. Uh, but those were the two big reasons that they came back with and, uh, hired a lawyer and took me about a year and I'm just getting past it now. Yeah. And so one of the things that you did is you, you implemented the proper use of their copyright on every place on your site that used it. So you, you fixed that. And you also went through a massive rewrite of all Mm -hmm. of the materials in all of your courses so that it, so it was more unique to you and, and, and would get them off of your back. And you had to go through and, and get those things signed off on and things like that. So, so $25,000 later, mm-hmm. you are now, you, you, everything's been green lit. It's all successfully. I mean, it's, most people would get the cease and desist letter and say, okay, this whole online business thing, I, this is why I'm going to be an employee for the rest of my life. Nobody has time to deal with a, a lawyer sending me legal notices that, Basically, they say they're going to sue me until you know I don't I, I don't have any blood left in my skin anymore. Mm-hmm. So so but you didn't. The interesting thing, what I love, and, and I think I'm right. The 25k. I mean, the business was so profitable that the business was able to cover those legal expenses. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah, the business was still profitable end of the year. It's still profitable on a monthly basis. It just you know not as profitable as it should have been because I was paying my lawyer so it, much. It could have been twenty five k more profitable. <laughs> that would have been nice to have in my pocket right now. So the the, the interesting thing, see now that what I love about this, Jake, is that experience was painful for you. Created a lot of. A, a very, it, it gave, I would imagine there was a, a bit of anxiety that you've experienced from time to time when you, when you'd receive a letter with a law firm's name on it. Uh, oh, that was terrifying receiving that first letter. So, so I want you to think about all of the pain and emotional stress and anxiety related to all of that stuff. But to think about how much value you now have to anybody who wants to create a profitable online course prep material online mm-hmm. business you, do you you know some things that are going to help save number 1 anybody from having to spend $25,000 to defend things that you know how to help them to avoid mm-hmm. in the first place but also the countless number of hours of rewriting something when you could actually yep. tell them what to do to write it right the first time i learned a lot it was a great it was a great learning experience an expensive learning experience and um, yeah i don't want anybody to ever go through that but you want people to be able to say, hey, you can also leave your day job by creating a profitable online business in this exam prep niche. And there's a way to do it. Other people have done it. And by the way, I love and I love that you have this credibility. I've done it. Mm-hmm. I have successfully done it. And so much so that a year from now, your marketing is not only did I do it, but I was able to leave my day job and that business now, a couple years later, it didn't happen overnight. A couple years later, I spend about two to three hours a week on it. And mm-hmm. I'm over here now building other profitable businesses as well. One yeah. of which is actually teaching you how to do this also. And I love <laughs> it. Ah, fun stuff. So have you, cre- I know that before you and I were going to do an interview, uh, mm-hmm. did you did you actually create any kind of resources that you want to tell people just in case they want to know when you when you actually do leave the day job and you start this how to create your niche on this 
Yeah, so I'm get... putting together a couple of resources now just to help people get started and find that niche, that niche designation. Um, I think we put together a landing page. Uh, what was it? Podcastanswerman.com slash Jake is I think what we decided on. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm putting together a couple um, downloads. You can go there and download it. I think, uh, so what I'm working on now is, first of all, how to find your niche. Wait a um, second. No, mindsetanswerman.com slash Jake. Okay. We, we, nobody's ever heard of this podcast, Answer Man stuff. It's, it's <laughs> mindsetanswerman.com slash yeah, Jake. Who is that guy? Who? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Um, so the first one is um, target around uh, designation certifications, how to find that niche. Because uh, one thing you'll run into is that there might be a certification in your industry, but it could be that nobody's taking it. There might be no search volume. It might not be worth starting a niche site, wasting all this time uh, trying to validate a product. Um, so I'm really going through how I was able to find the, the proper niche in my industry and the proper designation uh, so that you can go in and do it right away. Um, and then a couple other resources around that same sense so you can get started um, in finding your niche in your industry right away. Awesome. I love it. So mindsetanswerman.com slash Jake, J-A-K-E. If you want to get on Jake's mailing list, if you want to create a online business of your very own in the area and niche of exam prep online courses. So it's obvious. And trust me, I can tell you, I've been, Jake's been doing life with me through the Next Level Mastermind for quite some time now. And I've, I've seen him grow this just in a few hours a week on, you know, in, in his least productive hours of the week, he's been able to make this happen and, and it's been exciting and stuff like that. So Jake, for anybody who's been interested in the Next Level Mastermind, specifically those who have a day job, they've created their own online business and they're making some money and they can afford the monthly fee, but they're, they're just on the fence about joining the Next Level Mastermind. What, what would you say to them? I would say it's time to join. I mean, um, I was very excited when I was ex- accepted to the Next Level Mastermind. I couldn't be at the point where I am now without it. Uh, it really helps having you know people to come to every single week uh, to meet with, keep you motivated. Especially, you know, I was going through the cease and desist at the same time um, when I first joined, and that motivation really kept me going and got me to the point where I could get past it. It took a year writing seven new courses, but we got here, and I couldn't have done it without you guys. Awesome. I love it. So if anybody's interested, we we currently have three open seats in the Next Level Mastermind. But what I haven't told you, Jake, is we do we have three because we just have a brand new member. David, All right. David Robertson is joining us this Wednesday night for his first meeting. So there were four open spots. So now there are only three. And um, 5 o'clock p.m., I have an interview with somebody who just applied for the PM group as well. So potentially only two spots now left in the next level awesome. mastermind as we're recording this. By the way, this is being released the first, I think this, or no, the second Friday in November. So that mm-hmm. was actually two weeks ago. The spots may have already been filled. But if you guys are interested in the next level mastermind, head over to nextlevelmastermind.info, I-N-F-O, nextlevelmastermind.info and apply today. Uh, You'll get to do life with myself and Jake and so many other people who are creating and growing amazing online businesses that are serving and helping people. And it's an incredible experience. And I'm excited to share more. Uh, By the way, Stephanie's in the... I I, want to ask you, what do you think... Like, What were your thoughts when all of a sudden I invite my wife to join the Next Level Mastermind? Because you're the first person from the PM group that I've had on here. I was excited. Yeah, I'm glad she joined. 
What so from your experience, what have you noticed? Because Stephanie joined the Next Level Mastermind. Uh, quite frankly, as somebody who has been mostly behind the scenes in helping build this business that I have, uh, I should say that we have together, but she's been mostly behind the scenes on anything directly income related. She's been a content creator for years. Uh, so she she has she has her own following of people who have been interested in hearing her perspective through content, uh, through the podcast that we create. But she wanted to transition. The kids are getting older. Um, they're, you know, our oldest is off to college now. Most of her life has been devoted to being that mom. But she wants to, she wants to, she says, I, matter of fact, I can just tell you, I, she won't be mad. Her desire is to, uh, within the next couple of years, to be where she's responsible for a minimum of $20,000 a month of recurring revenue in our business. That's her goal. But she came to the Next Level Mastermind and she's like, I have no idea what who my niche audience is or any of that stuff. Um, from your perspective, not mine, but from your perspective, what have you seen happen over the last couple months? Man, her transformation has been huge. I remember her first hot, sheet, hot seat, she came in, probably lasted 10 minutes. She didn't really have much to talk about, didn't really know where she was going, what she was doing. Um, and then she just had her last hot seat. Uh, the last one that I saw was, uh, was last week. And she's well on her way to getting that $20,000 a month contribution. She's already got her site set up, already got members joining. So she's well on her way. The transformation has been incredible. I love it. I, I love, because I, that was, you know, I, I said, Stephanie, you and I could have business meetings and lunches and all this other stuff as, as often as we want. But so much of what I'm sharing, if you were in the Next Level Mastermind, and you can actually see other people also hearing these things and and seeing the actions that they're taking, I think that it's going to help you so much faster. And she's like, okay, I'll, I'll join the Next Level Mastermind. So she joined the evening group of the Next Level Mastermind. She's still in it today. And yeah, she she's... She will, within, by the end of January, she will be making $3,000 a month every single month with her first paid product that takes her one hour per week. It's incredible. And it's only been a couple of months. She got it up right away. I mean, she's been thinking about what product to create for a couple months. She literally just announced the product. She, by the way, she has no mailing list. She mentioned the product in one podcast episode and within two weeks, she had her first paying members. Yeah. I mean, it's only been a couple of months since she joined the mastermind and oh, she yeah. already got to this point. Like when she had no idea what, what to do, where to start. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun and so many amazing people. Jake, I am I am excited to see where you go next. I, I can't wait. You know what? I can't b- wait to bring you on and talk about your experience of leaving the day job. I, I, I want to, that's, that's the next time I want you to come on here. I want you to come on and we're going to, we're going to do an entire conversation, not an interview. Although I do feel like I'm still navigating this. I still feel like we jumped, we, we slid from conversation to interview format, like three or four times. And that's on me. I'm, I, I need to navigate this a little bit better. But um, I want to I want to have you come on, and I want to just have a conversation. I want to I want to have a conversation about you. What is your mindset now that you are ju- like first week full time self employed mm-hmm. out of the day job? And I want to have a conversation about what I remember that being like. And <laughs> I can't wait to have that conversation. The cool thing is, is I know it's going to be so much better for you because you're gonna you're actually taking steps that I wish I would have taken before I left my day job. So. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. Jake, thank you so much. Uh, again, 
mindset, not podcast answer, man. Yeah, My, don't know that guy. Don't know that guy. Uh, <laughs> I joke about that. But anyway, mindsetanswerman.com slash Jake. Get on his list if you have any interest in building an online prep course software. And Jake, I look forward to seeing you Wednesday night in our next next level mastermind PM group. I, I'm in the hot seat, so I get to talk again. <laughs> awesome. We'll see you then. All right. I'll see you, Cliff.